Hi guys, this is Keeping It Real with Bridget O'Neill here. The story behind the storytellers. I interview the biggest, best storytellers who also partner as hosts, comedians, and writers. You know when you hear a five-minute story on the moth and you think, hmm, I wonder what happened to them since. How has it changed them or affected their life? Who is this person on a daily basis? Well, I'll help you uncover those questions and we'll have fun along the way, I promise. Selena Kopic is a stand-up comedian, writer, author, and storyteller based in New York. Bustle called her one of the eight funniest feminists on Twitter. And the Frisky ranked her, let's see, one of the 25 funniest feminists on Twitter. She's the creator of NYT Vowels. Oh my God. Uh, If you haven't read this, you need to. Uh, It's a parody on both Twitter and Instagram that lampoons the New York Times wedding section. For for you guys who have seen this wedding section, it's super bougie. uh, And Selena does a great job of, um, just a really good job of, of doing a parody of this. Then I started writing it and I never revealed that it was me because I was scared that people were going to think that I was classist and racist and you know what I mean? Like who cares? <laughs> never apology, never apologize in comedy. Exactly. And it's Shannon, I'm going to give a shout out to Shannon O'Neill, mm-hmm. who's She's a great. lunatic. Freaking love her. <laughs> she was my first improv teacher. And I remember I would do some really kind of out there stuff and I'd be like, dude, sorry. She's like, never apologize mm. for comedy. That's great. They get offended. It's their problem. Yeah, exactly. Because, yeah, and especially like it's satire and it's parody, you know. So if it seems like this is classist, yeah, I'm doing it right, you know. Yes. So I started off. They've got um, redneck humor. Exactly. Everything is made fun of. Exactly. Nothing is off limits. 9-11 is not off limits. Rape is not off limits. Like, (laughs) I mean, (laughs) whoa, Selena, get into it. No, I love it. It's called Keep It Real with Bridget O'Neill. So you are like exactly who we need on here. Because most comedy is based on, you know, pretty rough stuff or, mm-hmm. you know, folks coming from some Gallows rough stuff. Humor. So yeah. yeah. You know, like it's important. Um, or an unexpected twist, you know. But so NYT Vows, I was like, I've been reading the New York Times wedding section since I was like 12. I mean. Wow. Yeah. Well, because, not because I ever wanted to get married. Because. Oh, that's why I read it. I get jealous. <laughs> Do you know what I do, Selena? I read the ages. And I was like, I <gasps> always look at the ages first. Like, I still got time. And every time I look now, I stop because no one is my age oh, getting here. married for the first time. I know. Same so I just here. stopped. Yeah. I know. <laughs> that's why I'm like, oh. Like, my mom jokes around. She's like, Selena, you're my only hope to get listed in there. You know, like. because both Where's my... your mom from? Well, she's from the Upper East Side. Oh, does she talk like this now? <laughs> yeah, I was like, are you sure she's not from uh, County Donegal? <laughs> right, right. Or or some really fancy part of Connecticut. I know. Well, I mean. Maybe she fa- is. Yeah, her family moved around a little bit. So there was some Greenwich. Uh, there was some Upper East. Like, okay. Sort of all over. I mean, but they were like in the social register. I mean, they were very much of that so world. Funny. I mean, that's how I speak the language of this, you know? Right. Okay, so, got it. Yeah, which is, I mean, I've been, I grew up going to the Maidstone. Like, my Aunt Kate belonged there. <gasps> You know, also, in the Hamptons? Yeah. Oh, the Maidstone is the top notch. I love oh, that When place. I name drop Maidstone, the real blue bloods are like, oh, yeah. you know, or the Devon. I prefer the Devon to the Maidstone. They have a better. Okay. Uh, I, I find the Devon Yacht Club cuter than the Maidstone. Um, okay. I don't know that much. I, just, oh, I know. These are deep <laughs> cuts. These are deep cuts. I love it. But so, but I love, I mean, I love that NYT vows I can make fun of. Everything. I mean, the Hamptons, New York Society, the Times, but also general commentary about the wedding industrial complex, about the traditions involved in like bachelor parties, bachelorette parties. Yeah. And I was in a sorority, so I'm like pretty into that whole, you know, even just like that's good research bonding Selena. techniques. Yeah, okay. you know, exactly. I was like, I feel very qualified to comment on this. Um, 
so it's just such a fun mishmash of things that I'm sort of fascinated by and I love. And and it's it's funny because initially it was mostly comedians who were following because they right I was retweeting it and they thought that it was just some account that I liked that I was retweeting a lot. Okay, um, which was kind of cool. And then after about a six months or a year, I kind of pulled the curtain back and I was like, "This is me." And then it was really sweet because different comedians would be like, oh, my God, I had no idea. And I always just love this shit because yeah. it's just like some old wasp being like, listen up, middle class nobodies. You know, I mean, <laughs> that's what I always envision the voice is that she's just like, oh, I'm among the commoners. Gross. Um, but then. But then. Oh, sorry. Am I too? No, old? you're okay. perfect. I'm going to look one of them up. So I can oh, OK, quote, do it, do it. Yeah. Um, but then so I, it was Twitter for a while. And then similar again, technology tripped me up. My friend Kate Hendricks, who had, had this sort of stage persona and character, Kate the Wasp. Who, okay. She's wonderful. She's a great friend of mine. And she's got a huge following among a lot of sorority girls online. Um, and, I mean, and her fan base is huge, and they love her so much. And Kate would do all these videos about putting herself in different environments. She's so funny. And she was sort of doing a satire of an entitled, you know, white woman who's kind of clueless. Um and so Kate said to me, she was like, you've got to go on Instagram. Uh-huh. And again, I was like, but Instagram, can I have two accounts on my phone? You know, like, right. And I will never forget, Kate took me up for white wine in the West Village. And she's like, Selena, stop pretend." Like, she was like, stop holding yourself back. And she took right. my phone and she like downloaded the whole, like, good. she added the account. She showed me how to like make a tweet look good on Instagram. That's a good friend. Oh, she's a wonderful yep. friend. Yeah. And now. I like, a, I like a doer. I know. Me too. I mean, that's a lot of my. I good... like talking and not doing. I like yes. a doer. Oh, I know. Exactly. I will make for great conversation. I'll bring the wine. But if right. someone else could book the whole trip. You know? Yes. <laughs> and, and record it. I know. Exactly. Oh, yeah. That's, I mean, two-week minimum. That's the story of my life. Yeah. Oh, is it? Yeah. I okay. was like, I love talking about candles. And my friend Katie Compa was like, I will do all of the hard stuff. That's awesome. <laughs> Bless her heart. Yeah. Yeah. But let, wanna go, I want to go a little bit deeper into, because mm. is it called The Grey Lady or is that just kind of more your tagline? Well, I mean, The Grey Lady is what The New York Times is called. Um yeah, I know. But it's funny. A lot of people don't know that. I somehow know that because I'm a total maniac. Um, okay, I'm, I'm going to interject. I'm going to quote one of these so you guys can get an idea of what we're talking about here if you haven't seen it yet. So, okay. NYT, NY, NY Times vows. No, sorry. So you're pulling it. Can you explain so, this a little bit well, more? Well, once in a blue moon. It's going to be better I'll, if you explain it. Okay. Once in a blue moon, I'll comment on something that the New York Times real vows section is right. doing. And not just once in a while. On Sundays, on Instagram and Twitter, I'll take a photo of the real section. I'll comment on it. Right. So just the other day, I retweeted an article from the real vows section. Those are funny. That we, Yeah. I mean, and it's an article about, um, uh, what is it? It's like Which it, one? the phrasing that they use about their the culture. I can read one. So oh. this is from a real one. Yeah, that's the real one. But I mean, but I, maybe we don't. That's not even that funny. Um, here, I could show you. The couple met in 2013 on the uptown local C train and in New York, and have been together ever since. Well, that's a real one. How about the gr- the groom is a great grandson of the late A. Rockefeller, a former vice president of the U.S., the United States government governor of New York. And, uh, this that's is a some real of the crap one. That's on Sundays, yeah. So on Sundays, I'll just post photos of real ones, and then I'll do a comment on it. But the ones that are photos of tweets, that's just my original stuff. <laughs> Sorry, I'm like laughing right now. Oh, like if you honey. weren't raised on a steady diet of oyster crackers and parental neglect, I'm not sure your upper crust enough for vowels. Like yes, that one, I love. exactly. That's like the kind of stuff I'm going for. Where I'm like, uh, you weren't named out, you know, like if your grandchildren weren't named after the after the maid, you know, like right, just. This whole idea of boarding school kids, of uh, yeah, like parents hardly knowing their own children, or like name dropping certain schools, you right. know. 
I don't know. I find it's it all hilarious. Fun. And then even, how many followers do you have? I mean, on the Insta now, it's like fifteen thousand something. Wow. And the Twitter is. Oh my god, it's fifteen. I know. Is that bananas? <gasps> Yeah, and I will say Kate Hendricks, who forced me to open it into an Insta, she really helped me because she was saying that it's, Instagram has more women on it, Twitter has more men on it. Interesting. And, uh, yeah. It, Twitter is more masculine mm-hmm. if you think about it. Oh, yeah. I totally okay. agree. That's interesting. And, so Instagram, I like Kate has, she's sort of shouted me out. Uh, she and Sarah Solomon, who has an account called Urban Jap, mm-hmm. they both have helped me That's to build funny. an audience uh, by re, sort of resharing my stuff. And so their followers have become my followers. Got and it. it's a lot of the similar people who like that sort of cultural commentary. Yeah. And, and Kate's audience, it's a lot of sorority girls from the South and they love it, which is, I'm like, I'm yeah. so psyched, you know, it's so great. Yeah. Because a lot of them are very preppy and you right. know i went and, to the i went to the beastie boys show last night yeah, that's on so the awesome. beastie boys story and they talked about i was shamed because they talked about license to ill license to ill was more of a frat daddy budweiser drinking doofus um we got the right to party and then i'm like Lily, what's my favorite song um, that was for <laughs> like kind of like busting on them and their entire audience was those guys that's what ha- like that's yeah. what happens when you speak their language oh, like that- they still want to follow you yes, like you cannot you just broke control their language. your legacy you know no. like in fact there's one nyt vows tweet from early on that sort of became a hit with this audience and it made me really sad but because i don't think they understood it was a joke the tweet was and i just retweeted it the other day it was like Something about how the groomsmen all got matching flag belts and the flag spelled out, we hate pores. <gasps> and like, it's a joke. It's a commentary on how obnoxious rich guys can be. But these guys, literally, I would see them sharing it and being like, we should get these made. And I was like, no, no, no. Like, <laughs> right. And But here's the thing. You can't be responsible for parody is parody. Exactly. exactly. So you can, you, that's a risk that you take. And you can't be bothered by the fools that do run with let them run with it oh i know not your problem exactly yeah and i was like and if you don't get that if you're truly offended by this and you don't get that i'm not that guy i'm tr- making fun of that guy yeah then like i can't help you and this is just right. not the account for you you know i have a major question i've been thinking since the day i saw this come out has the new york times contacted you oh twice yeah they've been great and i wanted to know what was the what was their uh, not their reaction. That doesn't make any sense. What was their intent when they called you? A, were they pissed? Like, you got to shut this down? Or B, were they like, we got to make a book. You oh. should be a, a columnist. I mean, I wish. Which, what's I, going I on there? They, I, they were a very amused. And I appreciate that. And uh, so a guy called me. I got two different calls from them. One, they were going to write an article about me. Then they never did. And Damn the second it. one, they did reference me in an article about making fun of the New York Times. Like, so it wasn't all about me. But it was, it was about a few different. Like, there's a book about it. Like, but... um. But this, the guy who called, he was so lovely, and he said, he goes, you know, I, I think that someone in their newsroom got confused and thought that I was them. Right. And so was like, I mean, I, you, I can see why. Yeah. It's and like, pretty legit so they, someone in their newsroom was like, what is going on with the person who's doing our Twitter lately? This is so offensive. <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, no, 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 that's a parody account making fun of yeah. us, you know. Um but but they were lovely, and they sort of mentioned me, and they've mentioned me once since then. Um, and I appreciate that they get the joke, you know. And they I, know. no, I'm not ready to stop there. <laughs> I don't feel like they should like reach out to you and get the joke. Like I honestly feel like you should have a column. Oh, I, I honestly feel like I something's going to happen from this. I mean, I don't, you know, a book, a, yeah. a, a show. I do have a new a literary podcast. agent because of this. Okay, um, there yeah, you which go. is great. And we've sh- are you we going to sh- do like a small book of this? We shopped it around as an idea concept for a small book. Yeah, like I mean, write, don't take it the wrong way, but like a toilet. Remember the toilet books, like the cool little yes. like pictures, and it's got like a little niche exactly. or, or kitsch oh, yeah. to it. Exactly, I think it'd be perfect, like by the register, because not everyone's on Twitter. So I think it'd be a great 
gift for like a bridal shower. Oh, for, you yeah. know what I mean? Oh, like yeah. to be in a little bag and for especially like your aunt who loves summering in the Hamptons but isn't on Twitter or Instagram, right. you know, right. and it's just a selected tweets, you know. Right. And uh, we shopped that around. We had some interest, but the following just wasn't big enough. But admittedly, that was like a year and a half, two years ago. So maybe we could try it again. I think I mean, so. I do like I do think it's important as an artist to not be doing your art for anything other than the doing you know what I mean I agree like, I like I think so when people are like oh why don't you you know could you get sponsorship from a diamond company like first of all I hate diamonds and I'm not into that but second I don't want to be beholden to anyone you know like yeah and I'm not doing any art ever for making money like that is never my input that is never my uh, intent behind any of no, this that's you know? we're all broke that's why exactly. I have the show <laughs> so that's that's a good segue. Thanks for th- helping me out there. So um, so you a always always had this energy. B yes. you've always been creative, and yeah. then C always doing some sort of comedy, yeah, performance stuff. Yeah, I've always been someone who has a ton of plates spinning. And, and is you know, that why you moved to New York? Somewhat. I mean, because I moved to New York because I got laid off. From or was job. it for the really good dating pool? <laughs> yeah, for the solid dates. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Because yeah, I was Can't like Boston. Mm, too many blue collar men that are exactly my type. Think I'll go to New York. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I moved here in late '06. I Most... love that a wasp like yourself loves the blue collar. Oh yeah. Yeah. I just I like guys who work with their hands. I like guys who make actual real things, not play with imaginary money. I know. <laughs> you know. I know. Uh, I'm with you. And and I find that I like uh, I have a really strong work ethic. I'm kind of crazy about work and I find that the guys who I relate to the most in that respect are guys who often blue collar or like yep. guys who work like who, you know, work physically construction yep. or yeah, whatever, makes a you know. Lot of sense. Um but yeah, I moved to New York because like I had just been laid off from a job in publishing mm-hmm. and I was about 2 years into stand up in Boston. And just felt like it was sort of this perfect moment of like, okay, I got laid off from a job. Right. I am, you know, my my good friend was like, hey, if you're serious about stand-up, it's L.A. or New York. You got it. Yes, you know? that's true. And then my mom's from here, so my uncle was like, you could live at the apartment for free for a little while. <gasps> yeah. It that's just, awesome. I mean, I'm such a believer in the universe of pushing course. you, you know? So I really felt like the universe was like, hey, Selena, New York is your thing. Yep. Um, so then I moved here, got a job working for Barnes & Noble Corporate. And I've always sort of juggled the, the, the nighttime existence and the mm-hmm. daytime existence. And it's, I mean, it's gotten harder. Like I, you know, I started out doing stand-up and then every time I would feel like frustrated or like stagnant, I would take a class. So I took um, two different storytelling classes at UCB, both taught by Margot Lightman, who is wonderful. Oh, yeah. 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 And that's how I plugged into storytelling. Because um, I really think you need to know how to do it, you know? Like yeah. you go to the moth sometimes and I'm like, oh. Oh, people, do you know how to construct a story? I mean, you know, congrats, it's an open forum, but like there is an art to this and it's worth learning it, you know? Or there's the theater people or the writers that get on and say it verbatim. Mm -hmm. Kudos to them because my memory is horrible, so I could never be an actor. Same here, exactly. That's why I loved improv. Mm -hmm. But they'll go up and it's just so contrived. You're just like, can you give me a break? I know. I mean, even the structure of the sentences. But Margo's a good example. She nails it. That girl can tell a story. She knows. She's in the moment. She's living it. You feel like this is a lived experience and you're along for the ride. She taught me so much great stuff about storytelling as far as like giving the audience an on-ramp. Why does the audience care? You know, just like certain things where if I watch a bad story, I'm like, I'll tell you what was wrong with that. There's no on-ramp for the audience. Why do I care? This was just self-indulgent, you know? Exactly. Um, So I used to take a lot of classes and I had more time to be sort of like secretly, you know, writing stories and whatever. Mm -hmm. And, And that was great. And now it's sort of, 
I feel like I just don't write as much material or flesh out as many stories as I used to because nine to six, I'm really engaged at work, you know? Exactly. So I will say, like, during my lunch break, I sometimes will go to, uh, I love going to, like, delis or a coffee shop and just, you know, then I'll actually do work for a full hour of storytelling or stand-up. Yeah, I mean, you know, like a, yeah, I mean, or a diner, you know? Okay. Yeah, sorry, deli. I'm like, you know, me by the meat slicer. No, I know. You get, you're going to get your cold cuts. But I mean, like, you go with. Sorry, diner, like diner. A, a deli. Okay, now I got you. Because I do the same thing. It would be my lunch break. Find a little place. Not going to lie. There's one. I'm forgetting the name. But I get a little slice of pizza with a salad, nice glass of red wine. Yeah. I'm a big wine drinker oh at my, my God, lunch time. Lunch they don't need so to know that. And write, write out my stuff. Mm-hmm. Relax, go back, and go right into work mode. Exactly, exactly. But you've had a productive lunch, and yeah. you've sort of scratched your artistic itch, and need, yep. you know, and then prepared for that night. Exactly. Jesus. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so tell me a little bit more about uh, Two Wick. Yeah, Two Wick minimum. For, oh for, my for god. For our audience members, all two of you. <laughs> That's my joke. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, two Wick minimum is obviously your love of candles. Yes, it is. Who a... came up with the title? Oh, get this. It's so, really good. Oh, thank you. We well, originally I wanted to call it Slow Burn. Which would have been a killer title, but yeah. how strange is this? Literally, just as I was like about to finally do Slow Burn, um, someone I forget even who it was released an entire podcast called Slow Burn that's about like the Clinton Monica Lewinsky oh, thing. That's right. I know. Which yep. I was like, I cannot. I was like, why does this sound familiar? That's yeah. exactly what it is. I cannot believe that, that Slow Burn is not the title of my candle right. podcast. How is it <laughs> a podcast yeah. about Bill friggin' Clinton? I don't know. Uh, I don't even think it works. I mean, yeah, I don't. I guess they're saying this thing unfolded for a while, but still, that's so dumb and expected. Yeah. Oh, who cares? Right, you know? right. Uh, it broke my heart, but but that all broke right before I was going to start it. So oh, then, I love two week minimum. I think two week minimum is good because you know it, most of my guests are my friends who are stand up comedians and storytellers, yeah. and there's a two drink minimum in most comedy clubs. So it works on so many levels because it's like okay, it's kind of a take on two drink minimum, yeah. but also. It's truly, I mean, most, I recommend getting a candle that has at least two wicks, you know? Even, like, I was listening to your podcast, because, like, the title's fantastic, I get it, and then I listened, and you guys were literally talking about two wicks, <laughs> three wicks, I'm like, oh, whoa, she's oh, serious. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. We're talking about the number of wicks. <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean, that's why I think the podcast is so funny, because it is earnest, you know? Like, yeah. I'm not, I earnestly love candles so much, and we have great candle conversation, and there are so many hot topics. Like, I don't think people realize how many, like, there's a lot of candle controversy vanilla I mean uh, they're like Sue Funk favorite. yeah I mean to Not me anymore. yeah I think vanilla is a scent that you outgrow if you have a sophisticated palate sorry sorry yes. friends who love vanilla in my yeah. early 20s I just ate that Oh, oh my God! Yeah, I, yeah. I can't even smell a Yankee candle oh, I without puking. Yeah, I mean we and we talk so much on the podcast about how Yankee is. A lot of people sort of on ramp to the world of candles. So I think yeah. a lot of people think like scented candles are just trash, and it's like <laughs> you know, I mean, certainly some are, but you they also are. have like the high end of the market, which is like Veluspa, Joe Malone, like right. Um, you know, even the packaging goats. to Joe Malone. What's oh. what's the other one? Oh God, damn it! Oh, I there's I know in my I'm Hampton like, days. Mm-hmm. My boyfriend oh. would give them out as gifts all the time. Oh yeah, those people are into what is yeah, there's, it called? Um, it's white. Well, Henry st- uh, Henry Bendel had a really good candle line before they closed. Right. But then, no, I mean at Malin and Goats or whatever. Ooh, I don't know. Yeah, they do all types of like um, body lotions and creams, and then candles as well. But then they also, I mean, anthropology there's has so a good many. assortment of nice yeah. candles. And a- have you been to ABC Carpet, Carpet and Home? Ooh, I bet they have good candles. Holy. Crap, oh. Selena, it's insane. It's mm, insane. Just, I, go I spent there. like an hour and a half in the candle section. Oh, man. I mean, I can't even imagine. Oh, Their votives must God. be off the chain. Like, Be-u- just beautiful. The yeah. scents are like awesome. The packaging. I think mm-hmm. I ended up spending 
over three hundred dollars for <sighs> two gifts for two coworkers, my boss and a coworker, and then myself. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Worth every penny. Oh, like, yes. It made me so happy. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like, I know candles seem maybe silly, but like when I no. come home, like this was a tough week at work, and just I feel like there was weird juju this week, and I would come home from work and light my candles, and it's just like it's such a calming light. Yeah. It's such a nice scent. Also, it's a nice ritual, you know, of it like, is. hey, body and brain. Now we go into relaxation right. time. You know, no, no, no screens. Exactly. Just nice candle flickering. Yes. Yeah. It's three just wicks, so... four wicks. <laughs> yeah. How many wicks. wicks do you want? <laughs> and maybe different heights. You know what I just got into Ooh. is tapers. Oh. Yeah, which are like those tall ones that you'll see. You know, yes. on the candelabra. Oh, um, I love those old schooly ones. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Because I really wasn't into them. And they're elegant. I, yeah, they really are. Mm-hmm. I just, I there was a store in my neighborhood closing, and so I bought you know like a thing that could hold a taper, and mm-hmm. it's been really nice way to have different height because yeah. you know nowadays a lot mo- there's so many candles that are jar candles and you know like sort of fat right. and short or so the glass kind of, ones that yes. are like organic or made of soy and beeswax which is great but exactly. they're all in that glass but yeah they're all low which is nice low I like glass. that heavy glass but yeah like what you're saying about but yeah it's just nice for different heights you know yeah yeah so I've been playing with tapers lately that's awesome yeah I love it but uh, yeah. but it's such a fun podcast so I just did season one we had ten episodes. I'm now on a hiatus, and I want to reboot for season two. I just, I'm thinking for season one, every episode was just a different sort of friend or candlehead, mm-hmm. and we would just talk candlehead. Candle. That's the other term you use. <laughs> yes. Yep, yep. It's so silly. Have you ever did candlestock and woodstock? No. Oh wait, is that wait? It's is really that, good? Yeah. Hold on, is that the one that's at, it's right on Main Street on? Tinker so they just Street. have a ton of candles for. It's just called candlestock. <gasps> it's all candles. I mean, like in the back, you have like your goofy tie dye ones, but the mm-hmm. other ones are quite beautiful, like sculptured like just really nice but all right listen do you and i've been wanting to ask you this anyway do you ever think i think we touched upon this a little bit at one time at dinner like i remember what mindset i was in i was like i just i'm ready to go back to pennsylvania Mm. that's where i'm from i've been here for 17 years uh go back to pennsylvania live in the poconos um and get really fat I want to shop at Target, come home and have fat sex with my fat husband mm. on the sofa. Mm. And that's where I'm at these days. And I remember coming off the subway thinking that. And oddly enough, we went to meet up because Jenny was in town. Mm-hmm. And I talked to yourself. There was someone else and Danny Cohen. Yeah. And out of the blue, I don't even think we were talking about this, but Danny was like, I'm just done. I'm yeah. tired. Yeah, I am so tired. And I'm happy just, you know, waitering and going home and watching TV yeah. and being with my friends and just goofing. And mm-hmm. um, that's when I thought it was started thinking about this a little bit more seriously i'm Mm -hmm. at a certain age so when do you ever think about like just fuck it fuck the day job i'm just going to go all in and just do this and see where i go or have you ever taken the opposite approach and just been like i am so tired like i know i'm creative i know i'm funny but i want to scale back i've got a nice 401k like Mm -hmm. i don't know i might want to move to the shore yeah, I've, I'd say the latter. Like legitimately, tell me, like, well, the latter, right? Yeah, the latter is what I think. Yeah. I think the idea of, fuck it, I want to go all in with the creative thing and the performing thing. You've done that. I, and to me, that's such a naive idea. Like, I know 23-year-olds who've done that, and they've been like, you jump and the nets appear. And I've right. seen so many friends where the net did not appear. And well, they were in financial a lot of help from their parents, oh, exactly, too. So that's yeah. a nice net. Exactly. Nothing against it. And I don't mean that in a derogatory way. Yeah. I mean, kudos to them if they Just have that backing. I would do it, too. Yeah. But everyone's dealing with a different... Like, for but that's going to run out, too. Yeah. And, and I've just... Oh, I'm somebody I've always needed to make my own money, to pay my own rent. Like, there's not a net there for... You know, like... And, right. And I've just always, like, I moved to New York when I was 26. I was like, I'm, you know, I had a, like, 
when I was living in Chicago, my first year out of college, I made shit money. I mm-hmm. lived on hard-boiled eggs and cans of tuna. Like, I've done the, that's like... actually... B- do you know that's my lunch meal? Like, I love it. I get oh, the, I mean, it's um, great. <laughs> progresso, or, like, the really nice tuna in mm. oil and a hard-boiled egg. Oh, I mean, that's it's great jam. protein. Yeah, it's great protein. Actually, I had that for dinner last night. I had a sliced, sliced grapefruit and a can of tuna nice. with some salad dressing, which I okay. love. It's, like, one of my favorite dinners. It's like a tuna and a hard-boiled egg. Yeah, just... Some artichoke hearts. Oh, nice. Mmm, salty, salty. I love. Yeah. But, but I just think, like... When I moved to New York, I was like, I am 26. I, you know, and now I'm, I'm 38. So I'm like, uh, I just That's feel still like, young. But, but I just, I mean, what I mean to say is but just But you've that, done like, a lot in that short time. And I just mean to say that, like, I don't want to be barely scraping by. Like, no. Like, you know, like, I, no. I need to have a nine you to five. You can do that in your 20s. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Like, I just need to have. you're figuring out, you're pursuing things. Mm-hmm. But you get to a certain point, you're like, I can't, no, this is yeah. frightening. And, and I think as far as, like, going all in on comedy and performing, you know, I, it's fine. I do feel like, I, like we were talking about at Jenny's dinner, I am tired. And, yeah. and I really, you know, I, I think it's kind of a young man or woman's game. A lot of that stuff, the running around and, you know, I still do it to some degree, but yeah. I also feel like less and less enthused by it. And I care less and yeah. less, you know, yeah, I think that's what I'm noticing when I was younger, myself. like I would get jealous if there were, or I would email to get booked on shows or whatever. And now oh, I'm like, jealousy got me. Just a powerhouse for me. Oh, I know That's exactly. My I know exactly. The, like, the fire in my belly is like, oh, everyone who's ever wronged me, you know. But I just don't. I don't care in the way that I used to. Like, yeah. I don't. I sort of can't be bothered to do a lot of booking or like, you know. I've had friends be like, I'm starting a new show for storytelling. Here's a theme. Pitch me. And you know, these are friends I love. But Why I'm like, are we pitching people? I don't care. I do. Not just that, but like, I don't. I. I don't want to pitch. Yeah, you I see know. my stuff. If you don't like it, don't have me on. That's cool. No, exactly. And I do. <laughs> I don't want to pitch. I know. That's like another thing I have to do. Yeah, I know. And and I am trying to just listen to how I feel. Like, you have I haven't to. felt inspired lately to write any new stories or to mm-hmm. flesh out any experience into stories. So, okay, Selena, listen to that voice. Like, maybe, yeah. Like, I think my dream would to be would be. I mean, not my dream, but tell me, like, I, legit, like well, honestly. One thing in, I've been fan- in a year or two from now. What would you really like to be doing? You know what I've been fantasizing about for roughly a year and a half is packing it up, mm-hmm. moving to Palm Springs, California, because I'm obsessed with Palm yeah, Springs. I've se- I, I watch your Instagram oh. and your Facebook, and you should be there. I mean, I could be there. live in my bikini 24 yeah. hours a day, 365. No. That and is your happy place. I know. And I why will not? say, I used but to why work not in, live there? I know, exactly. Like, yeah. I mean, I do. I've always thought if I had a husband, I would love to move there, and we could be in the, you know just sort of alone in the desert together. Because it is very... Uh, remote. Oh, it's very remote, yeah. and the population is very elderly and gay men. You know. Yeah. Um. So I think you know I wouldn't move there and be like hoping to find a guy. You know, like right. I think you'd have to go there with a partner. Um, yep. But I love it, and I think there are a lot. You know, it seems like there are jobs in hotel and tourism there, and I used to be a tour guide. Like I kind of love. I'm good with people. I think I could work in tourism yeah. really well, and I just yeah. I've been in New York for you know 13 years, and I think I'm really ready for a change. And yeah. And and if not that, then I'm sort of winding. I'm not performing as much as I used to, and I don't care, and that's fine by me. Yeah. You know, like I enjoy doing NYT vows. I enjoy two week minimum. Like you can still be in the community and in the mm-hmm. scene without furiously running yourself ragged every night. Yeah. You know, and it's exhausting. I do feel like I've been kind of in a transition for the past like year and a half or two with that. You know, and, yeah. And it's just I find it so nice to know that. We're all doing. We, a lot of us feel this way, you know. Especially yeah, those of us who came up down. together, you know. Like, yeah. Also, I just like. I feel like I look back. I've been here for seventeen years. I only got into like the storytelling stuff like ten years ago, but still, I look back. I'm like that. It's not a blur, but that is a long. That that went by so fast. Yeah. And like, what is next? Do I just keep doing this? I know. Which is fun. 
but I'm kind of with you. Like, I'm just like, maybe I just move here, become a bartender, always wanted to bartend. Mm-hmm. I might be okay with that. I know. Yeah. Simplicity. Exactly. Yeah. I yeah. know. Like, I do think about, what, you know, what if I had a job that the job happens while I'm at the job, mm-hmm. and then as soon as I clock out, the job is over. Yes. You know? Like, and granted, I mean, I know that... You know, being a bartender has its own very difficult aspects and stressors. And, yeah. you know, being a waitress is no walk in the park. No. But, but yes, you know, I've been in my company for like 11, 12 years now. Mm-hmm. Like, you know. They're, you get 401k. Yeah. Oh, that's totally. Important. Great insurance. Oh I mean, real financial stability. That's, that's the hard part to leave. Oh, yeah, exactly. I mean, and that's why. The insurance why, and the 401k. That's mm-hmm. the hard part. Oh, totally. You know, like, and that's why I've, I've always needed to have a nine to five because I've always, I am somebody who's never gone without insurance. I cannot. It is against yeah. my family motto. Like, right. we do not go without insurance. No. Um, so I've just always had a nine to five. But yeah, you know, it's it's a lot. And I, you know, like I was saying before, as far as listening to the universe, you know, I'm 38, and I've never auditioned for the Montreal Just for Laughs Festival. Comedy Central has never known who I am. Mm-hmm. And, okay, I'm going to surrender to that because not, right. that's not gonna, they're not going to get super excited about a chick that's pushing 40 anytime soon. So, like, okay, I'll perform where I perform, right. but I don't really care. I don't wish to play the game. I realize that certain things just never panned out for me. And I think that's an important thing to kind of surrender to. It you is. Know? I agree. Like, I think some people are like, you just got to bang. Like, come on, push, no. push, push. And no. You can push, push, push until someone picks you up and then everything gets easier. Exactly. But if you're still doing it, it's like, okay, I had a fun run and it's great and I know I'm good at this, mm-hmm. but I kind of just want to chill out. Exactly. Like, I'm so proud of my album. It's on iTunes and Spotify and all okay, that stuff. Good. Seen better days. Uh, I'm really proud of it. But like, you know, I kind of felt like after I did the album, I was like, okay. You know, like I've seen better days. Yes. Seen better days. I, it's so it's a great album. I'm very proud What's, of it. Is there a certain theme or premise to it? Because um, it's funny. I, 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 I let the title reveal itself in the recording kind of because I was okay. like, I just want to see if there's a line from a joke that hits and yeah. then I feel like encapsulates things. And seen better days. A lot of the stories are about either. I mean, there's a story about me getting into a bar fight. There's a story about me auditioning for this uh, role on Red Oaks that I ended up getting. That was That's based- what I wanted to ask you about. Yeah, I, yeah. I think we have like five more minutes. Okay. Yeah, but we can switch gears into that. But anyway, I so would it's, love to. It's based on because they're just like randomly. You're just sort of watching the show. I'm like, I love the aesthetics of the show. Oh, it's, it's so done like perfectly. 80s country club, which and is my, I love that yes. kind of stuff. And it's not 80s cartoonish. It's real no, it's 80s. Smart. Yeah, and it's, it's right. Re- it's spot on. So whoever the writers are, they know exactly what the 80s were. Mm-hmm. These aren't young kids trying to like do research on the 80s. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Um. So I I need to go back and watch the one you're in because I saw I looked it up. Like I think last year I looked it up. I'm like, oh my god, she was on Red Oaks. Like, yeah. So what did you play? I played. Oh my god. Yeah. I was in season two episode. Episode seven. Okay. I play Season Rhonda. Two, episode seven. Yes, Red Wanda. Oaks on Amazon. Okay. Um, I play. Yes, yeah, so Rhonda is the host. She's only in one Rhonda. episode. Okay. Yeah, she's the host of a basic cable late night sex call-in talk show based on the Robin nice. Bird show. Which yeah, like um, and I remember like who reading. Who came it. up with this character? I don't know who came up with it, but like the character who just, found you. Oh well, get this. I mean, that's what I to this day I'm like I don't know quite how. Yeah. I mean, they the casting age the people who did the casting for Red Oaks seem to really have their finger on the pulse of New York comedy because, like, Good. Rachel Feinstein's in it, Sean Crespo had a small yep. role in it. Like, there were a number of different comedians who would pop up. Mm-hmm. And I remember in season one being like, wow, all these people are in the show Red Oaks, huh, huh. And then season two, I get a random email that they're, they're like, hey there, we want you to come in and audition for the role of a female stand-up comedian that ended up being played by Beth Stelling. And that oh, wow. character makes out with Jennifer Gray's character on Red Oaks. Oh, my God. And she has, like, a three-episode arc or something. Like, it's a big <laughs> character. That's awesome. But so I went in for that. And they, I knew a bunch of gals who went in for it. 
I was the only one I knew who didn't have representation. Like, I truly was like, how did you find me? You know, and I right. still, I don't know. Um, I mean, you know, because you go and you do the audition. You're not like, hey, how'd you find me? Right. You know, like, you act like you belong there. You don't waste there. your time doing that. <laughs> exactly. right. Act like right. you've been here before. Not like you're like, <laughs> what? How do you do a TV show? I'm so excited. <laughs> but you no, know? how, who, who sent so, you an email? Like, I mean, you just got an email from a casting company, or it was a specific. It was a casting director at a casting company. I, could, I mean, I literally, I don't remember what it is. That's I'm really wild. good at not retaining this information that could help my career. Um, <laughs> I mean, I have it in my, you know, inbox, whatever, but or in my uh, folder. But, but yes, yeah, so I went in for the audition. Didn't go well at all. Oh. I mean, because it's also like I think I was so nervous and. Yeah. And, and I don't audition for TV all the time. You know, I think if you audition for TV, you don't give a shit because every day, whatever, you know, and I think yeah. I was just so spooked to even be there. Um, but then two weeks later, they emailed me and they're like, hey, you know, you didn't get that role, but we'd like for you to come in and audition for another role that we think awesome. is better for you. Awesome. And yeah, and that was the one that Veranda and literally the character description is like blousy, bottle blonde, done some hard live and seen better days. Like, just like, <laughs> you know, and like the eight, like, I, I could do this. Yeah. And they were like mid forties. And I remember at the time I was like 32. <laughs> I was like, like, oh, oh wait a minute. <laughs> I, was like, yeah. I hope I don't get this, but I hope I do, you know? So to get it, I was like, ow, ow, ow. But thank right. you. You know, like, right. It's kind of a double edged sword. Yes, exactly. Like, Yay, wait but a minute. Also, I know. No, but also, I mean, I know what I look like, you know, like, you look I, mean, good. I mean, I think I'm cute, but like, <laughs> I think I'm pretty, whatever. But, um, but I mean, I need you know, a you have blonde hair. It is fake, you know, right, right, right. And you have a book. Uh, yeah, about the new rules. Yeah, it's called the new rules for blondes. Like there you go. And and I know you know I mean yeah, I watch you got you say I've got my summer blondes in my summer <laughs> highlights. I've got the low lights for winter. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. In fact, right now my roots are atrocious. I look like look a brunette. Good. Oh my god. I, I went. Gotta... Da- I went. I lowered you my look blonde. Great. The past this is a nice golden years. blonde. I love yeah, it. Yeah, lowered it down. Yeah, because you like just. <laughs> Lowering <laughs> down. Yeah. Because well, you used to be more of an icy, like a uh, whitish blonde, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. This is a nice golden blonde. Like warm. Yeah. Warm blonde. I love it. Right? Mm-hmm. So um, we got to wrap or else I could talk to you okay. forever. I know. This is so fun. You're Thanks so great. Thanks for being here. Thanks, Bridget. This yeah, is so fun. This was good. Yeah. Thanks for listening, guys. And a special thank you to Dan Walnicki, our audio engineer. And Jared Bruder, designer and founder of the Dandy Group, who designed our logo. See you next time. 